Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Jesus, is that you? (laughs) Well, there we go. It wasn't Jesus. Um, We are at the end of 2023. Uh, really excited that 2024 is upon us, and there have been several things that have taken place so far uh, that have been fascinating to see as the world, in the world, in the UK, in people's homes as well. Uh, just some highlights for you. We had a new king. Well, we've had a king for a while, but he was coronated uh, this year, so that was, that was fantastic to, to watch that and have a day off. That was, Amen. yeah, that was the best part. Looking forward to it's getting recorded, so let me stop what I'm saying. Uh, we've, um, we've seen how India has taken over China as the most populous country in the whole world. 1.43 billion people. That's a lot of people that need Jesus, so let's pray for them. Uh, there's uh, Easter at the stadium that we did as a church where we went to Dagman Redbridge Stadium and uh, we took over the whole place. We filled the grandstand, we filled up another section as well. And, uh, record numbers for us as a church, so God is obviously doing something amongst us. So that was fascinating to see. Uh, obviously, 2023, some wars have broken out, uh, civil wars in Sudan, there's some, the war between Ukraine and Russia, the issues with Israel and Gaza as well. And also the Women's World Cup took place earlier, where unfortunately we lost in the final. And uh, sad times. We're just not good in finals, are we, as a footballing nation? Maybe, maybe one year. Uh, but the interesting thing about the end of the year is that it gives us an opportunity to take stock, to reevaluate where we have been. It gives us an opportunity to look into the future and ponder about what could be. It also gives us an opportunity to reorganize what we think and what we know to be true. And I know for some of us, 2023 hasn't been a great year. Things have been difficult. Things have been tough. It hasn't quite gone to plan. Things that we expected to to be hasn't been. 2023 hasn't been great. We've lost loved ones. Opportunities have come and and gone. 2023 has has been tough. For some of us, 2023 has been amazing. It's been wonderful. Uh, opportunities have come our way. Op- jobs have, have come our way. The things that we have witnessed have, has been good. We've had additions to families, and so families have grown. 2024 has been good. And my assessment, whether it's been good or bad for you, is this, that God is faithful. God is faithful. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it challenges us, it inspires us, and equips us to be all that we're supposed to be. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, During our time, we're going to go through three questions just to work through God's faithfulness. The first one is, has he let you down? Second one, how great is his faithfulness? And thirdly, how does he show himself faithful? So has he let you down before? If you have been around me long enough, you know, one of my mantras in life is that God has not let me down in the past, and as a result, I know he won't start now. This idea that God hasn't failed, he hasn't made a mistake, he hasn't slipped up, and so it gives me confidence to walk into any other situation or circumstance that I find myself in because I know his track record is a good one. His track record is a good one. It means that I have confidence that his previous victories in my life and in that, in that of those that I know 
gives me confidence that when I walk into another situation or circumstance, I know that he has the ability and power to win that battle too. My God hasn't let me down in the past, and as a result, he won't start now. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 says, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. If you catch the words that are written, penned here, you'll see that these words are present tensed words, as in currently, right now, this is what God is doing. Not that he could do it. Not that he might be able to do it. Maybe, you know, he, he, he might feel it okay to do it. No, he is there with you. He goes before you. He, he, he looks after you. So you don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be worried about the situation or circumstance that you find yourself in. Why? Because our God goes before us. This idea that he hasn't let me down in the past and as a result he won't start now gives me grounding to believe that if he's healed before, he will heal again. That if he's provided before, he will provide again. If he's, uh, if he's, if, if he's done those things, if, if I've seen miracles take place in my life and in those that I know, that he can give children to the childrenless, that he can restore relationships, that he can bring peace and hope to those that are unstable. I've seen God do it before, and I know that he can do it again. Some of us in the room were saying, ah, oh, but, you know, I hear what you're saying, Pastor Reg, but he has let me down. That's, that's how I feel right now, that my God, the God you're speaking of, has let me down. So what do you do in that situation? What do you do when you feel like he has let you down? Well, ask these series of questions and let the, the answer ponder in your mind Ask this question, what victories have you seen God do in your life? What situations have you seen God move in? What circumstances has he delivered you from? When did he last heal you? When did he last provide for you? When did he last comfort you? Can you name uh, the moments when you have been uplifted by him? Can you count the times when you have felt God beside you? Can you retell the time where he surprised you more than you could ever imagine Recount those times and say, well, actually, he hasn't actually let me down. And when you answer those questions, it leads us down to two, two thoughts here. One, that we should change our perspective and have open hands. Change our perspective and have open hands. Let the truth of the Bible, the truth of what God says, the truth of who he says he is, speak true about himself and your situation. Psalm 147 verse 2 to 5 says, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Verse 5, great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. This is who our God is. Despite our situations, despite our circumstances, our God is powerful. Our God is powerful. His understanding has no limits. Charles Spurgeon said this, that God is too good to be unkind and too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot track his hand, we can trace his heart. So when our actions don't line up, when God's actions don't line up with what we think should be the case, when we, 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 when we don't see him right in front of us, what do we do? Well, let me encourage you to return to his very character and nature. 
those things that are immutable, those things that are eternal, those things that are infinite, those attributes of who he says he is and how he's proven himself to be good. Our God is righteous. He, he can't do any wrong. Our God is good. He can't do evil. Our God is holy. He's completely pure. Our God is sovereign, which means that he sees the end from the beginning and rules over everything. Our God is compassionate, always moved by our suffering. Our God is merciful. He sacrificed his son in our place. Our God is wise. He acts out of a perspective that transcends our humanity. Our God is love, the very definition of love, not just like love, not just loving, but he is the very definition of what love is. His actions and essence are that of love. Lastly, our God is just. He's a righteous judge who sees beyond the surface and into our hearts. So when we feel like God has let, me, let us down, let me encourage you to change your perspective to one that is greater than what's happening in the physical world. C.S. Lewis in the book, The Problem of Pain, said, God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Lewis was arguing here that not only is it possible to see God in the good, but also see God in the hard times as well. And when we look through the Bible, we see accounts where things are difficult for people, but they've seen God move and they've seen God faithful in their situation. I can imagine that uh, for Daniel, he didn't wake up on a Monday morning and say to himself, you know, today's the day I'm going to go into a lion's den. He didn't think to himself, today's the day I could possibly be eaten. That's the, he didn't choose to do it. The situation, the circumstance forced that to happen, but the Bible tells us that God was there with him. I don't imagine that uh, Joseph, when he was um, sold into slavery by his brothers, when he then finds work, I don't think, to him, I don't think he thought to himself, today's the day I'm going to be falsely accused of rape and get imprisoned. He didn't wake up thinking, yeah, I'm going to get into that situation. But God was sure there weaving and working in the background. I don't believe that Samson wanted to be betrayed by the person he fancied. There's a whole preach on that, but we'll get into that another day. I don't believe that he wanted to be portrayed. I don't believe that Job woke up one morning and thought to himself, yeah, today's the day that I'm going to suffer in life. But in all of those cases, God was still there moving. In all of those cases, God was still working in the background, working in the forefront. God was still there. Friends, we won't always see that what God is doing. We won't we won't always know the plans or the purposes or the finer details of things, but God is working the bigger picture of our lives. He's concerned about what you're walking through. He's concerned about the posture of your heart. He's concerned about everything about you. I had a friend who was struggling financially, and we are talking, and he said, I do know God, God is good, even though my situation doesn't quite look like that. And I said to him, well, how do you know? He said, well, one day I was praying. I was walking down the street, and I was praying, God, would you help me in my financial situation? And as soon as he said amen, he took a step, and he looked down, and he realized there was a 10-pound note on the floor. He started to laugh to himself as he picked up, and he realized it was Monopoly money. And he thought, see, God is concerned about the immediate, but God's also concerned with how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, my emotional state. God is concerned about my whole being. So he laughed, knowing that God has his whole world in the palm of his hand. And it's so true for you. God may turn up in a way you haven't expected, but my God is so faithful and he will look after you. The question we have to ask ourselves is, does our match, our will match his own? 
I live with this perspective in life of having lived my life with open hands. And if God puts something in, fantastic. Praise God. So happy. And if he takes something out, thank God. Praise God. So happy. Why? Because I know he hasn't let me down in the past. And as a result, he won't start now. The second thing that we can do is to talk consistently to other people as well as to God. Speaking to other people is good. But talking to the one who actually can make a difference is even better. And let me encourage you in this, that God isn't small in that he'll think, oh no, Gowan's coming to me with his concerns and his worries. I can't handle it. No, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big man, you know. God can handle your concerns. God can handle your worries. God can handle your fears. Go to him, speak to him. And my encouragement in this is do not let the words of the enemy speak louder than that of God's. Don't do it. Do not let the words of the enemy speak that louder than God's. Talk to God and let him know exactly what you are experiencing. The pains, the troubles, the, po- the, the, the discomfort. Let him know. Psalm 62 verse 8 says, Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is, again, is currently what you're walking through. He is our refuge. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we get this account of Hannah who was married but didn't have a, uh, wasn't able to have children. In those times, it wasn't really looked well upon. And so uh, her husband married another person. She gave birth. And so the second wife was ridiculing Hannah, saying, oh, you're good for nothing, this, that, and the other. Can you call yourself a woman? All sorts of stuff that shouldn't be done. And so she eventually goes to the temple And she has this conversation with God where she pours out her heart to him to the point where people think to themselves, is she drunk? Like, what's she doing? But such was her pain, but trust in God that he will listen to the prayers that she just poured it out towards God. Let me encourage you, friends. Pour out your heart to God. He listens and he cares. Psalm 66, verse 19 to 20 says, But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Second question, how great is his faithfulness? Faithfulness is this this idea of remaining loyal and steadfast. There's a story of a husband and wife called Margaret and Harold, and they'd been married for nearly six decades And everyone in the town knew Margaret and Harold. They knew who they were. They would watch them as they walked through the town. Let's call it Dagenham. They walked through Dagenham from Parslow's all the way to Heathway. And and people would watch them, and they would see them holding hands as they walked to uh, the Heathway to Starbucks. They would watch them as they sat down for tea or for coffee, and they would joke and laugh. And people would watch them as they would walk back home and sit in the garden and Uh, sit on the porch and just enjoy life. That was the relationship that they had. Their neighbor was looking outside one day and just poked their head out and said, Margaret, why is it and how do you guys keep this like this? And so Margaret beckoned to Emma and said, come down and come sit in the garden with me. And so he sat down and she said, you know, Harold and I made this commitment years ago that through thick or thin, we're going to be there for each other. Regardless of what the situation looks like, we're going to be there for each other. And so Margaret began to tell Emma the story of when Harold was 
ill and he was in hospital, but dutifully, every day, Margaret would turn up steadfast, devoted to her husband, being there for him, being there with him. And, and, and as he got better, Harold would comment about the fact that she was there with him every single moment. In that, as the story unfolded, Emma realized that faithfulness is, is, is not just this grand act, right? It's not this grand act of, of, of showing your actions. It's not just the, in the big or in the small, but it's in the everyday of life, being there consistently. And the same thing is true of our God. He's consistently there with us, beside us, regardless of what we're walking through, regardless of what we're seeing. God is there with us. When we talk about faithfulness in relation to God, it's his unwavering commitment and loyalty to his promises and his people through his consistency of character. Faithfulness is his unwavering commitment and loyalty to his promises and his people through his consistency of character. It means that God is faithful, dependable, trustworthy, regardless of what we are facing. When I was going through this preach, I was prepping rather, uh, all I had in my head was the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, Great is Thy Faithfulness, a song by Thomas Chisholm. And um, you know the, the lyrics, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see, all that I have needed, thy hand hath provided, great is thy faithfulness unto me. Uh, and, and it made me think, you know, what was going on in his life that he, he wrote those words? What was, what was going on? Well, Thomas was born in 1866 and he became a school teacher at 16. At 21, he became the associate uh, editor of his newspaper. At 27, he became a Christian. At 36, he became a minister. Uh, a couple of years later, due to illness in 1909, he had to give up his congregation. Um, and uh, because of health, it wasn't looking too good for him. And so he had some financial issues as a result of trying to look after himself. And in 1923, he wrote those words, how great, so how great is thy faithfulness? Or great is thy faithfulness, sorry. So no longer was he able to minister, but he still knew God to be faithful. No longer was his health intact, but he still knew God to be faithful. No longer was he financially secure, but again, he knew God to be faithful. And these words convey a strong sense of gratitude towards God, emphasizing that God is consistent in his mercies, he's consistent in his provision, he's consistent in his faithful. And this hymn is a beautiful declaration of trust and re reliance on God's unchanging nature and goodness. You know, that, that word or phrasing, great is thy faithfulness, is plucked straight from Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23. Uh, and just a bit of background for you in terms of Lamentations, I'll walk you through this, but it's... Um, it's a book split into, into five chapters or five poems. And it, for me, I'm a bit of a, a word nerd, so I, I kind of like how words are put together. So I'll, I'll walk this through with you. But each poem doesn't necessarily flow into the next, so each one can stand on its own. Um, it's widely considered that it's been the writings of Jeremiah, who was a first-hand witness of the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BC. This idea that Jeremiah saw the destruction of the place that he loved, he saw the destruction of the people that he loved, and it pained him to see the destruction take place. And uh, I think we, we kind of miss the beauty in the writings because we read it in English, but the, when Jeremiah wrote it, he wrote four of the poems in an acrostic-type manner. Now, you're wondering what acrostic is. Basically, it's when 
Uh, the first letter um, of each line spells something or it means something or it could be A, B, C, D, which is that is the case for Lamentations in the original writing. Uh, so an, an example of an acrostic poem is an apple, for example. So a piece of fruit, painted red or green, perfect for a snack, lovely in a hot pie, excellent in taste. And so there's a beauty in what um, Jeremiah is writing. And so when you read it, it's fascinating for me because there's order in the text. There's order in what is going on, but it's describing the disorder that's around him. And so for us, it says that despite the disorder that we find ourselves in, God wants to bring order to our lives. And so whatever you're facing, whatever you're walking through, understand God wants to be there beside you and bring his revelation to why it's taking place. So you read through Lamentations, um, and the first chapter is all about the place. It's all about the city has fallen. It has this outside view. Chapter 2, or poem 2, is has a focus on punishment, the wrath of God. It has an inside view. Chapter 3 is about the prophet or the promise and the compassion of God, an upward view. Chapter 4 is about the people, the sins and pains of the social class and what they're walking through, and has an overall view. And then chapter 5 is about a prayer, the prayer to God for a preferred future, a future view. And so each one talks about, bar chapter 3, in fact, Every single one of them talks about this, this, this pain and, and turmoil that they're walking through. And then there's like a glimmer of hope through their situation. And that's when we get Lamentations chapter 3, where sandwiched in between are these words. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait on him. I, I love what's happening here, that despite what Jeremiah is seeing, he still knows that God will come through. And so whether there's destruction in your life, from the left to the right, it feels chaotic and wild, and you're like, why, God, why? This isn't what I signed up for in 2023. When, when, we, when I came to, at the start of the year, I had my resolutions of what was going to take place. Pain, destruction, grief, family troubles, health issues, financial situations. I didn't sign up for that. And this is what Jeremiah is saying. This is not what I expected. But God, I still know that because of your great love, I won't be swallowed up. Because of your great love, I know that I'm not going to fall to the wayside. Because of your compassion that never fails, it's going to be more than okay because of your mercies which are new every morning I'm going to sing of your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your favor and the same thing can be said for us friends that as we walk into 2024 you can sing of God's faithfulness so how does he show himself faithful the first one is that God is faithful in his promises, and which is his word. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak, then not act? Does he promise, then not fulfill? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 8 says, it is impossible, impossible, not in the realms of possibility for God to lie. 
And so there's promises that God speaks over every single one of us. There are promises that his presence will be with you, that he will protect you, that he will strengthen you, that he will provide for you, that he will give you wisdom, that he will lead you, that he will give you rest, he will guide you, he will give you peace. He will always be there for you with his love and that he will forgive you. God hasn't let us down in the past and as a result, he won't start now. These are the words that God speaks over you. Because of God's faithfulness, it means that his words and promises, when he speaks them, it means that when he says something, he'll pull, pull through whether the situation is difficult or not. It means that when God speaks those words over you, it means that he, when he agrees to do something, he ensures it's going to happen. When he says those words of his faithfulness over you and promises to you, it means that when he says yes to something, there is nothing that anyone can do about it because God will accomplish his task. Second thing is that God is faithful in his power. He's faithful in his power. In the book of Exodus, we get the account where Moses is leading the people of God out of Egypt, out of the control of Pharaoh. And uh, we get this account in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21 to 22, which says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Blown away by this because God's faithfulness shows up in ways that we don't expect. So this pillar of fire by night is fascinating because obviously fire produces light, which means they can actually see where they're going. So if they wanted to travel some more, they can see the way. It also produces warmth, this idea that it's cold in the desert. It's actually freezing. So they could be warm and not sick. And fire obviously warded off enemies. If there were dangerous animals about, they wouldn't think to themselves, let me get close to this, they would run away. And so even at nighttime, God is providing and looking after for them. This idea of the pillar of cloud by day, well, obviously they're in the desert, so it means the sun is beating down on them. So the covering produces shade for them, which means that they can travel. Which for us means whether you're feeling, feeling like it's dark, it's bleak, it's horrible, God's warmth is there to give you hope. God's light is there to direct your path. This idea that he covers you and looks after you and protects you is so true. And so as we walk from 2023 to 2024, our God, my God, will protect you. The third thing that God shows his faithfulness is that he's positioned towards us. God is faithful in his position towards us. I love this idea that God's faith position towards us is not performance-based. It's not out of what we can do or what we haven't done that God shows us love. It's simply by the sacrifice of his son Jesus that his faithfulness has been given to us. So it's nothing that you have to do. You just have to freely accept it. I love this idea that God is faithful. God is faithful. Time and time again, I know you can, and as well as I, can speak about the goodness of what God has done in our lives. Earlier in the summer, we went on a family holiday to Devon, and we were looking at some log cabins, and um, yeah, we're looking for some nice scenery. And my only prerequisite was that it was that we had a hot tub outside. That's all I cared about. Because can you imagine a hot tub under the stars, twinkling, beautiful forestry, your wife comes and joins you, like trying to, you know, yeah. 
this idea that I try and be romantic, guys. I'm, I was trying to thinking ahead, trying to be romantic. It's a beautiful hot tub, and uh, that was my plan. I'm just going to hot tub every single day. I was so excited about it. Sherry's prerequisite of what we're going to, the, log, the cabin we're going to get, was one that had a washing machine. <laughs> she was very practical and said, I don't want to bring the washing home and wash at home. We're going to wash whilst we're there. And so, yeah, we, we booked this place. It was a bit more than we anticipated, but I said, close your eyes, book it, let's go, and let's have some fun and create memories. So we went to Devon. We drove down and uh, got there on a Monday, absolutely beautiful. Uh, Tuesday, had fun, went around. And then the kids are in bed, um, Sherry's in bed. At 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm watching a film. Don't know why, should be sleeping. In fact, I should be in the hot tub. That's where I should have been. <laughs> and I get an email on my phone pop up. Uh, and it basically read, you've got a rebate, because something that we've been paying into had charged us more than they should have, so they're giving us the money back. So I was like a bit dazed about what was going on, and so I ran to the bedroom and said, Sherry, wake up, here's the phone. I didn't do it like that, it's a bit drastic, but I said, like, listen, listen, read this, because I'm a bit tired, and so read this, see what it says, and uh, please give me an assessment about what is, what is going on. And so I said, she, she read, the, she read the, the email, and she said, no, it says that we're getting a rebate because they overcharged us. And so just to give you a bit of an indication, the rebate was half the cost that we paid for the holiday. Now, instantly, all I could do was cry, drop down to the floor, and thank God for his goodness and his faithfulness. Even when I didn't expect it, even when I didn't know it was coming, God is faithful in more ways than one. And in that moment, all I could think is, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, you mercy I see. And then I carried on. All that I've needed, thy hand have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And I was just praising God for what he's done in my life. And I know if you really wanted to, you could sing that song for what he's done in your life as well. And I know in a room full of this size and in the overflow and online, there'll be people who say, 2023, God has been faithful. It didn't start like that, but God has been faithful. God has been faithful in every single moment. I want to read some testimonies to you of what God has done in our church amongst us. Thanking God for a successful hole in the heart surgery for a little three-year-old Rachel. The church prayed and God answered, our God is good. The Lord has given me peace that cannot be explained. He has freed me from the years of self-harm and addiction. Two months ago, I had absolutely no direction of where my life was going and where and was in desperate need of a job in September to pay for my rent, and God came through, and now I'm working in a primary school. Keep going. This is, this is testimonies that God has done in our lives. Dad has a successful heart surgery operation on an aneurysm via keyhole surgery. Praise him. Healed after prayer on my foot on Monday, had the pain in my foot for three weeks, and it's completely gone. I praise God for healing. A person who was terminally ill, the doctors couldn't help. God saved him and performed a miracle. Pray to God for the return of my valuables and God did it within 24 hours. 
I praise God for the deliverance from what was meant to destroy me. Thank God for giving me my son a great new job. Thanks to God for everything he has done doing for myself and my family. I want to thank God for helping me secure permanent employment in engineering at a major web technology company. I filled a prayer request months ago and give praise to God for answering my prayer. <laughs> Had some heart is, uh, investigations recently. Doctor's reports is that Doctor's report is that it's nowhere near as bad as I first thought. My heart is in good working condition, praise God. At the week of prayer, we prayed for a friend's dad who was in the hospital, has suddenly, who had sudden memory loss and confusion. He is now at home recovering well. His scans came back all clear. My cousin has been praying for a baby for the past 15 years since getting married. She's 40 now. They have been finally blessed with a beautiful baby boy and we are eternally grateful to God. Praise the Lord, delay is not denial. On October 24th, 2021, a message called Healing, a Great Benefit was preached. I wrote down what I wanted God to heal in my body as instructed and stayed in faith for six months. Recently, I went for a checkup. Although I was nervous, I continued praying and believing. I found scriptures and promises in, in time, Bible, uh, in the Bible and stayed faithful and stayed in faith. I cried as I praised and God came through. Stayed in faith, he is now, he is faithful. I've got like tons where people are saying, this is what God has done for me. This is what our God has done. He's faithful. He's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful. He hasn't let us down in the past. And as a result, he won't start now. Our God is faithful. Why don't you stand with me? Maybe you've struggled this year to see God's faithfulness. Let me encourage you to worship Him and give Him praise regardless. Uh, maybe you've seen God's hand all over your life and your circumstance. Let me encourage you to worship Him and give Him praise. Maybe right now the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Let me encourage you to praise Him, to worship Him and give Him praise. Maybe you feel encouraged by someone else's testimonies and the stories of what God has done in their lives. Let me encourage you to worship Him and give Him praise. Maybe you've seen Him faithful in your own life. Let me encourage you to worship Him and give Him praise. Maybe you think what He's done is big. Let me encourage you, worship Him and give Him praise. Maybe it's been small. Let me encourage you to praise Him to worship Him and give Him praise. Let's end 2023 with this attitude of gratitude, knowing that He's faithful, that His unwavering commitment and loyalty to His promises and His people through consistency of character will be shown not only in 2023, but in 2024 and beyond. Church, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are a good God, good beyond all description, that my King, my God, there is no one else like you in the heavens or on the earth. You are all majestic, all powerful. Father, I thank you for who you say you are. 
God, I thank you that you are all-powerful, all-conquering. I thank you that when you speak, God, you speak words of life and hope. And for those of us who are clinging on to a hope, a dream of, of, of healing, God, I pray that will be so in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness, that you've healed people in the life of our church. You continue to do so, so we stand on your promises. God, those of us who are, who are looking for provision, who are looking for you to turn up for them in the area of employment, my King, my God, I pray that you will show yourself to be amazing. You haven't let us down in the past, and God, you won't start now. For those who are needing you to show up in their situations, God, show yourself to be faithful. Show yourself to be faithful. As we walk out of 2023 into 2024, God, I pray that we'll be able to declare, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Father, I thank you. I thank you for where you've brought us to. The trials, the tribulations, the turmoils that we faced, you've still been there with us. And we give you all praise, all adoration for you and you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church. Let's end 2023, walking into 2024, knowing that God hasn't let you down and he won't start now. Let's lift up the name of Jesus and praise him this morning. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on, or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps that's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week